Young. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you were an important part of our EWTN family. We're so delighted that you have welcomed us into your home. It's the last Monday in the month of January. We certainly would love to hear from you. If you're watching It's Monday, give us a jingle at 1-800-221-9460. Outside North America, you can reach us at 205-271-2980. And you can always send us an email with a question or a comment to Jim and Joy at EWTN.com and check us out on Facebook. So it's Monday, you know, the week before we always put a question out. And this is how this one went. How do you pray for a loved one who has left the faith or has never believed in Jesus? Any suggestions, guidance, or testimony? And we certainly had a beautiful outpouring of people who responded because if you have family, if you have loved ones, some of them are doing Jesus on their terms. Maybe they only call on the Lord when there's an urgent time or an urgent event in their life. Um, maybe they don't go to church. What, what, whatever, if you have family and you have people in your life, this affects you. Yeah. Um, yeah. As a mother, as a grandmother, as a brother or a sister, you know, you see, the way that maybe they're just missing the mark and it grieves your heart, it makes your heart sad. Or they're making life choices and when I say that maybe they're being a, a supermarket Catholic where they're picking and choosing what they choose to believe and that's also in Christianity too, like I get to live with my boyfriend but I go to church. Um, I get to do this and I get to do that and we really um, want the best for everyone. And we really want everyone to have a deep encounter with the Lord and a great conversion that their lives would look and they would live differently. When you said the question of the day, how do you pray for a loved one who has left the faith or one who has never believed in Jesus? I just heard groans, mm. groans of you all. I mean, there's nothing that breaks your heart more than this your children, your grandchildren, someone you love dearly, has left the faith, departed from the faith, or never even considered the Lord, somebody you love, never been baptized. What does it mean to intercede for them? What does it mean to pray for them? We want to hear from you. How are you doing that personally? What are the prayers you pray? Or maybe there's no prayers at all, but there's sighs and groans too deep for words. Or maybe it's the traditional prayers of the church and you have that person as a special intention as you pray the rosary or the chaplet of divine mercy or the litany of the saints and you say, I'm calling on every saint, almost every saint that I know, mm. all the saints in this litany and I'm asking you to help Johnny boy, help Mary, help my daughter, help my grandchild, help this one who I love that has never come to you, that they may have an awakening they might have an epiphany and see, this is intercessory prayer. How are you standing in the gap for someone else? Standing between them and eternity, them and God, them and heaven and hell. Intercessory prayer. How are you doing it? And, and you know, hon, all of us in our family life, you may be that person that God has, is using or asking where you say, here I am, Lord, what can I do? Maybe it is in your marriage. Maybe it's your spouse. He doesn't go to church or 
he's not having a, a relationship with Jesus and ways where lifestyles are compromised. How do you faithfully, first of all, walk your journey of holiness, but yet also intercede and pray and not to get discouraged or to become hopeless or to think this is a hopeless case yeah. and nothing's going to change. So Jesus, I'm done. And sometimes we can have that response or it's this, how long, how long do I have to pray? How long am I going to see 40 years, 50 years, how many years? It might be a long time. So give us a call. How do you pray for a loved one who has left the faith or has never believed? Do you have any suggestions, any guidance, any testimonies? We'll be right back. We're all in this together. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back. Well, remember that we're taking your questions and your comments on our show today. So give us a jingle at 1-800-221-9460. Outside North America, you can reach us at 205-271-2980. And you can always send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at ewtn.com and check us out on Facebook. So the question is this, how do you pray for a loved one who has left the faith or who has never believed in Jesus, any suggestions, guidance, or testimony. And as Jim was sharing, you know, he said, I heard many of groans out there. So there may be many of you, you know, you thought, you crossed all the T's and dotted all your I's, raised your children right, married right, <laughs> and it ain't kind of going right. Yeah. And even this week in our daily readings, you know, and I hope and pray that you're reading the Bible daily some portion of scripture. Maybe you're listening to EWTN at the mass and you're, you're hearing the, the daily lectionary. Um, but personally, you need to be reading too, just to feed your own soul. Well, this week was the conversion of St. Paul. Yeah. And that's one of my favorites. But also uh, EWTN has for you the conversion of St. Paul ebook. Let me say this. And it's EWTN.com forward slash Conversion of St. Paul, EWTN.com slash Conversion of St. Paul. Get the ebook. Go to that website because it's not, the ebook itself is not all about the conversion of St. Paul, but it's about conversion. Right. It's about awakenings. It's about praying for your loved ones. So the, the ebook itself is entitled, How Do You Pray for a Loved One Who Has Left the Faith or Has Never Believed in Jesus? How do we do that? In this ebook, uh, in the table of contents, it has about praying for the conversion of loved ones while doing the rosary. How do you incorporate that all in, in a particular way for that loved one? How do you do that with the chaplet of divine mercy? Make an act of consecration to the sacred heart. Again, you're thinking about the person that you're praying for. Mother Angelica, there's a special a section there, Mother Angelica, on bringing children back to the faith. And I'm going to touch on these things a little bit. And then also prayer from our Lord to St. Faustina, prayer from our Lord to St. Faustina for the grace of conversion, a novena to St. Jude, the litany of the saints. That's, I never thought of that, mm -hmm. but having the litany of the saints, calling 
all the saints down on this situation and asking for the intercessory prayer along with you for this loved one. Well, and I think um, as a wife and a mother and a grandmother and a friend and coworker and in, a, in my workplace, um, some of the things that I do is I pray daily and I fast for a situation, for mm -hmm. a breakthrough, for um, and uh, situations I've had family and uh, members in my family who struggled with alcohol. And so one way the Lord has asked me to participate in it is to for me to fast, for me to pray and to fast, pray for their deliverance, for the desire of alcohol to be completely removed from their body, minds, and spirit. And then also that I would unite in uh, a sacrifice and that I would fast and and. I've seen results in that. But Mother Angelica says this, Mother Angelica on bringing children back to the faith, she says to pray for them unceasingly and confidently, believing, even if you think it's a hopeless cause and uh, they're never gonna change. I've been praying for them for 10 years or 15 years and nothing's ever gonna change. She also says be a visible example of what Christ asks from the church. So you should, your constant good example being the best encouragement you can give, practice your faith, develop the virtues of perseverance and charity. Those are things that we have to do. And then we have to be open to discussing your faith. You know, sometimes in Catholic world, we, our faith is so private. Well, you have a light. You don't hide it under a bushel. You have to let your light shine. And so you have to be light and salt. And yes, I get it that your faith is private, but somebody may be in your family, in your world, in your orbit that's starving and they need light, they need love, they need hope, they need truth, and you don't wanna share because maybe it takes you out of your comfort zone. Well, we have to feed, we have to, we have to love, we have to say, you know what, if anything, I, I'm just, I'm praying for you. I really care about you. Um, I wanna be with you on this journey. Again, you can get the, the whole ebook, which includes Mother Angelica's on bringing children back to the faith. And it says here, this was discovered in the monastery archive and included in Mother Angelica's Little Book of Life, Lessons in Everyday Spirituality, 2007. The following instruction demonstrates Mother Angelica's concern for the laity, even those who have left the fold. And again, that's at ewtn.com slash conversion of St. Paul, go there, mm. get the ebook, you'll get it within minutes if you sign up and do it. Joe, we have a comment. We here. have a comment from someone who wrote to us on Facebook and she says this, when I was 15, I had a big fight with my dad and we didn't speak for, to each other for three months. My confessor told me to pray for my dad and his conversion. From then on, I prayed daily, I prayed a daily rosary for him. When he was about 55, he had a heart attack mm. and he started going to mass. He still didn't believe, but he was scared of hell. So about a year before his passing, he told me he wanted to go to confession. He was 88. He went to confession twice and received Jesus in the Eucharist before he Lord. died. And this is from a beautiful woman named Isabel. Yeah. And so that's, I mean, isn't that what we want? Our witness has to be that you want to spend eternity. You, you need to be, love your family, love people <laughs> in your world, love people, love your enemies. 
that you don't want them to go to hell. You know, I had an incident the other day. I was running an errand, and out of the corner of my eye, I could see this person on the street, and she was a street person, and she, she was out of her mind. And it, it really disturbed me. And I was like, Lord, like, do I get out of my car? What do I do? But she was, she was out of her mind. And my, I stood there, at the, waited at the traffic light, just praying, <laughs> praying for her, praying that she would be delivered from whatever she was going through. And maybe that's, that's your participation that day, is to pray, pray that she would be lifted from her misery and her, I mean, I can't imagine what her mental state was like, but she was somebody's daughter, or maybe she was somebody's mother, you know, or somebody's sister. And so we have to be prayer warriors. We have to pray for people when you see them in distress or, or go up and say, how can I help? What can I do? What do you need? We need to be those channels of love and life and hope. And so we hope to hear from more of you through social media or just give us a call. How are you interceding for your loved ones, for those that you love that are not walking with the Lord or never come to the Lord? How are you doing that? Mm -hmm. Who are you doing that with? on this earth or with saints or praying the rosary? What do you have to say about that? Uh, here's a comment here. My brother left the church last year. It seemed very sudden, and his reasons all seemed halfway thought through. But I don't feel like I can engage with him ab about it without straining our relationship. He is one of the closest people in my life. What should I do? Mm. And this is Stephen from Middletown, Connecticut. Well, this whole show is really focused upon prayer, and that's key. I think it's important for you to understand that your prayers will never go unheard mm. and that they connect with the Lord and that the Lord loves your brother. You know, you need to know this more than you do. I hear that again and again. The people I'm praying for, my own wife, I'm concerned. And Jesus has really made it clear to me, I love them more than you do. I love them unto death, my death. And as you were saying, Joy, I think, you know, there are times that we just can't go up to people and speak. You pray for the opportunity. God will give them opportunities before they depart this life. And oftentimes something might break loose. It might be a year, five years, 10 years, they're going through something and you will have the opportunity to speak into that. Your paths really do cross and there's an openness that was never there before. And then you must be ready to give the answer for the hope that is within you. So mm -hmm. you, you share your own testimony. You need to know how to share your testimony of encountering Christ, of loving Jesus. And maybe that wasn't always a part of your life, knowing him personally, but you can share that. And if you do get the opportunity, then you're praying for him when you're not with him. If you only have four minutes to speak to this person, then pray two minutes with him. Mm -hmm. Say, you know, Mike, you know, whoever the guy is, can I just pray with you for a minute? Because then you invite the power of the Holy Spirit in it. Because you can't convert anybody. They said to Billy Graham, you're such a great evangelist. You must, how many people did you convert, Billy? Millions? Billy Graham said, I never converted one person in my life. Because we don't convert. Christ converts. The Holy Spirit converts. It's the Lord who gives epiphanies. It's the Lord who gave that bright light that shone down on St. Paul, who was arresting Christians and possibly leading them to death. It was a light that shone. It wasn't his works. It was the light of Christ that opened his eyes. People are blind, deaf, dumb, and dead. How do I know that? Because I was one of them. Blind, deaf, dumb, and dead. And I had already been baptized in the church, went to church, but then somehow got off track big. 
but then the light of Christ shone to me. Christ made himself manifest to me. Some, a man shared with me who when he said Jesus, when he said the name of Jesus, I thought, this guy, really, you speak like you know Jesus. And he said, I do. And so we pray for that for other people. We pray for that in our own lives because you can't give away what you don't got. So just make sure you're on fire for the Lord because sometimes it's with words and sometimes it's just being there. People will catch on fire if you're on fire. You may not even get to speak with your brother. We do want to speak to them because there's a message in Jesus Christ. But if you're on fire, people will feel the flame. Well, and, and to Stephen is to say, you know, pray, do a nine-day novena for him, just in particular, and to say, Lord, I don't understand what, why he stopped going. I don't know what the situation was. God knows what the situation was. Yeah. And, and just say, hey, or say, hey, you know what? I'm going to uh, confession. Yeah. Do you want to come with me? That God would, he would reconnect himself back to God because yeah. God has not left him for whatever reason. There's been a rupture in the relationship. When there's a rupture in their relationship, there's, there's a break. And God wants nothing more than to be reunited back to us. And so we always have to make sure yeah. in our power, Lord, am I okay? I want to be, be at one with you in body, yeah. mind, yeah. and spirit and, and have that beautiful witness. And the other thing is to have connectors with people that might not particularly revolve around Christ. Maybe you can't speak about Christ at this point in time. Where are you connecting with somebody? Right. Where is this guy saying, you really care about my life? When do we say, the word we might speak to them is, I, I see you're not as active in the face as I wish you were. I want you to know, I love you. My relationship with you is not based upon your submission to Jesus Christ, although you should submit to the Lord Jesus Christ. I love you all the way to the end. I don't want you to be found in the Lord and to spend eternity with him, that when you see his face, you wouldn't shrink back in fear. Well, then I guess you would get to speak to him. Mm. Thanks for your comments. There's plenty more to come. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Well, thank you for your comments on our show today. And we always love to hear from you. But before we wrap up today's show, we're going to go check in with Joan Lewis to find out what's going on in the church. Joan, what's the latest news from Rome? Well, greetings from Rome, Jim and Joy. And, you know, the stunning story of a shooting inside a Catholic church in a suburb of Istanbul, Turkey, uh, actually reached the Apostolic Palace yesterday morning, right after it happened, because we heard this from Pope Francis at the Angelus. He expressed his dismay and, of course, his sympathy with the victims. Now, there was one victim and several others were wounded in the attack. Now, we do know from a 2022 report from the U.S. State Department, there's about 25,000 Roman Catholics in uh, Turkey, of course, which is a Muslim-majority country. Now, astonishingly enough, EWTN's Rudolf Gehrig and Colin Flynn were in Istanbul nearby at the time. They were attending mass with the apostolic vicar, Bishop Massimiliano Palinuro, uh, when the story broke. And of course, as the story developed, they posted uh, pictures and reports on the news WhatsApp site 
But then less than two hours after the attack, they did interview Bishop um, Palinuro. He said, the victim was shot by a gun inside the church during the consecration while everyone was praying. Bishop said, we don't know the reason. We have to wait to understand why this tragedy happened, why it happened in church during mass. He said, we're worried about the future because if this is a sign of religious intolerance for our community, it could be a very bad sign. Now, the video footage that was obtained by EWTN showed two men dressed in black entering the church behind a man with white hair, and this is the man that they shot. And um, parishioners, of course, after that, they hid uh, under the pews. The police were fairly quick to arrive. And by the way, a taxi driver told our EWTN people that the uh, president, President Erdogan of Turkey, was on his uh, on his way to the site. Now, the mayor did visit the site, and um, EWTN obtained a translation of his remarks. He said, he spoke of two attackers, and he said, you can see them in the cameras running away. They're masked. Hopefully they will be caught soon, and light will be shed on what happened. He said there were about 30 believers in the church at the time, and the mayor said, this is an attack against our countrymen. So. Uh, I, I'll close here, but what else can I do but say join the Holy Father in prayers for the victims of this attack and for the victims of, of religiously motivated attacks wherever they occur in the world. So on that note, back to you. Joan, thanks so much for that report. And we are all one. And uh, when evils happen to other people within our body, we feel that as well. We don't know the day, the time, or the hour. Come on, the guy's in at mass, and he's mm. assassinated in mass or killed in mass. We do not know the day or the hour. If you're watching this show today, maybe you've wandered away from the church. Maybe you never received Jesus Christ. May today be your day. May you come to Christ. May you pray. May you cry out to him, Lord Jesus, forgive me my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Come into my mind and into my heart. I want to know, love, and follow you. If you do that, just contact us at EWTN, and we can help disciple you along the way. Join us next time for a conversation with Diane Davis. She will teach us about how everyday Catholics can be powerful witnesses to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't put off till tomorrow, which you can do today. Repent and believe in the gospel and let him fill you with his divine life and with his love. He loves you dearly. God bless you and all of your loved ones. Bye now.